As the climate continues to change, how will we feed a growing global population, losing less land to get more crop per drop? I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we present eco-innovations like sustainable agriculture. App Harvest hopes to become the farm of the future, using robotics and artificial intelligence to operate a state-of-the-art greenhouse to grow vegetables indoor in a controlled environment, all while paying employees a living wage and full benefits. They are a certified B Corporation that has recently gone public, and I'm happy that we're joined by App Harvest founder and CEO, Jonathan Webb, to hear his story. Jonathan, welcome to GreenSense. Thank you for having me. App Harvest has taken a novel approach uh, to setting up the company. It, as I mentioned, it's established as a B Corporation. You're putting employees first and growing indoors while conserving soil, water, and energy. Who's the architect and visionary behind this? Uh, well, I, I was uh, I was the first person to, to kind of help start the the effort, but but we have a lot of really smart, brilliant minds, both from the region of, of central Appalachia and Kentucky and then around the world, uh, spanning ma- mainly back over to the Netherlands. And uh, we, we've tried to implement uh, what the, the Netherlands has been able to do so well. They, they farm. Uh, using a lot of technology, using far less land and far less water. And, and we've set out here in central Appalachia to build uh, some of the largest controlled environment agriculture facilities in the world and, and, and put them in an area where uh, we used to have coal mining and now we'll have a source of, of renewable food for the future. You're just being modest. So you're the architect and visionary. Where'd you come up with the idea? Uh, <clears throat> so prior to App Harvest, I, I was a part of building uh, some of the largest solar projects in the U.S. Uh, and I, I'm from Kentucky, and and really seeing that decline of the coal industry and the acceleration of the renewable energy industry uh, is something. One, I had the skills to build stuff, uh, but but really seeing agriculture in in its early infancy of of innovation and disruption, and you know being able to use technologies to to again transform the way we grow. Uh, it's inevitable with climate disruption. We have to, and uh, was able to put together a good team to to go after the effort. So there are a few indoor growing operations in located in central Appalachia region of Kentucky. Why'd you locate your greenhouse there? So we we um, in eastern Kentucky and West Virginia is predominantly known as coal country. A, a lot of the coal mines have shut down, uh, and we think it's some of the hardest working men and women in the country. And you know, no better place to to build you know, uh, a place that was known for, for powering the country will now be known for, for being part of feeding the country. Uh, so building in the region we thought was important based on people, but then geographic location. Uh, we can get to 70% of the U.S. in a day drive uh, from, from Eastern Kentucky. And then lastly, water. Kentucky has had its wettest decade on state record, three of our wettest years uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, so being in an area where we have plentiful rainwater to be able to run our facilities. Well, distribution is a big part of produce. And so that's uh, important uh, to, to cite your location there. So that's a good point. Currently, you're growing tomatoes. Uh, what crops will you be growing in the future? Yeah, so later this year, we'll, we'll have a whole host of different variety of tomatoes. We'll have leafy greens uh, and salad greens, uh, and then we will have strawberries. So uh, we, we plan to be all across the produce aisle by the end of this year, and you'll find us at many of the largest grocers and, and fast food chains. 
Well, the, the prize for everybody is grown strawberries. So uh, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to get those to market quickly. Who are, you, who are your major customers? Yeah. So in uh, last year in 2021, we were in six states, a thousand stores, uh, Walmart, Costco, Kroger, Publix, um, uh, Wendy's, and we'll uh, believe Whole Foods and we'll continue to expand to, to multiple uh, more states and more retailers later this year. That's fantastic. Uh, let's talk about how your growing technology sets App Harvest apart from other greenhouses. So I'll hit a few points and you could uh, embellish upon those. Uh, water is used extensively in a greenhouse operation. It irrigates the crops. You use it to wash the produce before packing and then to clean the farm. So it's uh, very important. What role does the recycled rainwater that you just spoke about play in your operation? Yeah, we, we're very, very proud of the design we have that, that islands our facility. So we don't take any city water. Uh, we run completely on rainwater that we collect on our roof and then store in a retention pond. We only filter it with sand and UV, no chemicals. Uh, and then 95% of a fruit and vegetable is water. So really, we're in the business of packaging up rainwater, turning it into a fruit and vegetable, and then shipping it out. Uh, and then we have no agricultural runoff. So the same way we're not connect connected to city water, we're also not connected to city sewer. So once the water goes into our facility, the only thing it leaves as is a fruit and vegetable. So we have no uh, agricultural runoff being pushed into to local communities' waterways. Uh, and we think the way we handle water is, you know, uh, hopefully a, a model for, for all future farms uh, as we have to create create systems that are that are more symbiotic with the local community and local ecosystem and environment. It's very important that the water is the proper chemistry, the pH, temperature, uh, alkalinity. Uh, is there any additional pretreatment of your water or post-treatment when it uh, becomes effluent? We, we add nutrients to the water, but, but the good thing is uh, we're constantly monitoring, but uh, you know, radical idea here that, that plants love rainwater. So go figure, right? <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, uh, we try to say, you know, the, the ultimate technology is really nature itself uh, and really try to align with nature and unleash it for what it can do, then use man-made technologies to push from behind. And, and we've really tried to, you know, building in a glass structure, again, controlled environment agriculture can take many forms. You know, some people do it in a warehouse. We're doing it in a glass structure so that we can take sunlight, uh, use rainwater, give the plant what it really likes, and then just try to control the environment and augment the deficiencies that, that, that nature's not providing at times. Uh, but, but ultimately, again, trying to give the, the plant what it wants and harness nature for what it can offer. One of the big advantages of greenhouse is using the free sunlight. Uh, however, the angle of the sun changes throughout the year. Uh, taking longer to grow crops in winter months. Uh, tell us about how your hybrid lighting improves the consistency of crop production. Yeah, so we, uh, we have diffused glass, so the, there, there's no shading in the facility. So when the sunlight enters, it, it diffuses out uh, and you don't have shading. Then we have uh, LED lights and, and HPS lighting, but uh, the LED lights come on when we don't have the micromole of sun we need. So today in Kentucky, it's a little rainy and cloudy. Uh, so we're, you know, we're going to be adding more micromole light from the LED today than we might on a you know, bright sunny day where <clears throat> the plant can get plenty of sunlight. So just constantly monitoring, you know, what, 
what uh, what light is coming in and what we need to artificially add. Uh, but again, trying to use nature first, use that sunlight first, and then only add artificial lighting uh, when, when we're not able to get the sunlight we need. Well, with your solar background, is there any solar energy production on site? We're working pretty heavily with our local utilities. So we're buying power directly off the grid, uh, but definitely working with our local utilities uh, to help them build out uh, renewables in their portfolio. But you know, much like the electric vehicle industry, you know, we, we plug into the grid uh, and, and then at that point we take power off the grid. Uh, but but we, we're firm believers that in the medium to long term, a vast majority of, of that power coming off the grid will be renewables. Uh, but as a large consumer of electricity, we're certainly uh, trying to use our buying power to be influential and, and helpful uh, in building solar in the region here where we're operating. Well, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence to help better manage crop production and robots to harvest crops. Some say it's too expensive uh, to, to deploy all this technologies. Others say it's the only way to keep labor costs down and improve consistency and crop quality. Uh, what role do AI and robotics play in your operation, and how do you feel about that? Uh, well, we feel pretty strongly. We we purchased a, a company called Root AI out of Boston uh, last year, uh, robotics manufacturer, developer of AI uh, and and hardware related to robotics. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's 2022, and if the U.S. can send a man to the moon in the 60s, then surely we can find a way to build some robots and you know develop some software to help farmers better be able to operate their farms. It's it's ridiculous that you know we that the techno food is a fundamental it's fundamental drivers to human civilization: food, energy, and water. And we certainly do not have our brightest engineers in the U.S. are working on apps and social media and whatever, you know, whatever tech company, uh, you know, fandom of the hour comes up. We have brilliant engineers all across the U.S. And, and if we can mobilize those engineers to build products for good and help farmers, you know, sustain crops, uh, I'm confident we can get there. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hard challenge. Uh, but we've seen a lot of progress with with the technology we're developing, uh, both on the robotics side as well as on the software side. Uh, and we plan to be bringing those products to market, not only for App Harvest, uh, but we'll be open sourcing and, and, and leasing and selling different technologies to other farmers in the years ahead. But uh, short answer is the world certainly needs better technologies to grow. We don't have a choice. And we certainly have brilliant engineers all across the U.S. and around the world. We just need to get those engineers working on some of these problems with us. Well, well put. And uh, it's good to have a visionary trying to implement these new technologies in a cost-effective manner. Um, will you be building uh, other greenhouses and new locations or expanding the ex existing greenhouse? Uh, so we're certainly building out our, our headquarters and Eastern Kentucky, Central Appalachia, but but we're uh, we we certainly plan to be uh, broader throughout the U.S. and 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 internationally in the coming years. All greenhouses have challenges, and this includes labor, uh, reducing shrink or loss, controlling pests, understanding unit production costs, managing crop production so that your supply meets your demand. What's your biggest operational challenge, and what's your novel approach to managing them? 
Well, again, we, we call it controlled environment agriculture versus just a greenhouse. If you think of a greenhouse, it could be a plastic hoop house with a dirt floor and very little technology. And it's really what is inside the facility that, that makes, it, uh, <clears throat> makes it fairly unique. Um, and, and it's no one technology. Uh, it, it's, it's a matter of a systems engineering approach of, of taking the, the greatest technologies available, you know, building some new technologies on top of that, and just trying to create the most efficient systems possible. Uh, and I certainly think we've been able to do that with our first farm and we'll continue to do it as we build more. Any big challenge that you're facing? Well, I mean, COVID has not been ideal, right? It's it's something everybody's dealing with every day, and and you know, being in this, we 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 started to to put scale in perspective. Our first facility is almost three million square feet. You know, right now we're building three more facilities that total uh, close to seven million square feet, um, all in the middle of COVID. So, could not be more proud of our team, the region. You know, we we've been able to keep each other safe and healthy. Uh, we'll also take on this monumental task of building in a global pandemic. Hiring, we hired 500 people last year. And, and when people say uh, people don't want to work in the middle of COVID, I, I invite them to Eastern Kentucky and, and say, well, here we've been very fortunate because people do. And, and we'll be hiring several hundred more this year. So, you know, our big there, there's always challenges. Uh, this would have been hard enough to take on on its own. And the fact that we started the company and, and had construction and started operations in the middle of a global pandemic is something I think we're all looking forward to having behind us sooner rather than later. Jonathan, very impressive numbers. And uh, for most people, it's hard to envision how big of an operation you have going. And with all the kinks in the supply chain, that's uh, quite an accomplishment. So greenhouses have been around for more than 100 years, uh, but now what's old is new again. Why is there such interest in investing and growing in greenhouses these days? Well, again, we we try to use the term CEA, controlled environment agriculture, uh, because, you know, think of a sports car in the 1930s or a 2021 Tesla. You know, there's not a whole lot in common other than four wheels and a steering wheel. And for us, you know, we, we have a very data-driven operation, sensors all through the facility, collecting data, analyzing that data, monitoring, you know, the temperature and climate, uh, robotics in the facility, uh, picking uh, and, and pruning, robotics in the facility to help the bees pollinate, you know, robotics scanning the plants to, to see if there's a pest or disease. So, uh, the glass structure itself is something that's been around for a while. What's going on inside of that glass and the data that's helping run the facility is, is what you know, we think is the turning point now for, for taking what is open field fruits and vegetables today and bringing them into a controlled environment into the future. Um, App Harvest was first listed on the NASDAQ in February 21, and the stock price was around 42. Now it's hovering around $3 a share. Why the big change? You know, we're, we're focused on building um, and, and we, I, we've tried to say this is a generational effort that it'll take, you know, me and the team 30 years and, and try not to look at, you know, the, the couple of weeks uh, or months that they go up and down. It's the first stock I've ever owned. I've never been somebody who's really closely followed Wall Street. I'm learning now uh, all about uh, Wall Street's tendencies and uh, we look forward to, to doing the best thing for our shareholders in the years ahead. And we're very confident that, you know, as we build this company, Wall Street will understand what we're doing and 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 give us the 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 credit that the team deserves. 
There's lots of interest in controlled environment agriculture. Uh, what are your thoughts about the indoor vertical farm plenies, uh, their new CEO and the recent $400 million capital raise and partnership with Walmart? How will that impact the industry? Yeah, I mean, look, look there's no one automotive company that's going to uh, move people around in the world. There's no one power or energy company that's going to power the world. And there surely isn't going to be one food company that feeds the world. You know, the thing that keeps me up the most at night is over the next 30 years, between now and 2050, humans need to grow more food than the last 10,000 years of human existence. And that we need 50 to 70% more food by 2050, according to the UN. And, and if we need that much food, we, we almost need two planet Earths, given the way we're currently growing. So any capital that's coming in, any smart company trying to solve the problem, you know, I, I give them my email address, I tell them to reach out and, and we look forward to being partners or, or colleagues or helpful in any way we can. So uh, there, there's a lot of great companies out there and, and we're rooting for them on the sidelines and we've got our head down here doing what we need to do, but, but certainly watching the industry grow. Well, that's a good context to put that in. Uh, you're going to be the keynote speaker at the Indoor AgCon in Las Vegas, uh, February 28th to March 1st. What will you be talking about? Probably a lot about what, what we talked about here, maybe a little bit more uh, drill down into some of the technology topic more specifically. But, you know, this is we're in the infancy of, of CEA, controlled environment agriculture. And we've tried to say it's the third wave of sustainable infrastructure. You know, I built my career in renewable energy and 20 years ago that that really took off in the U.S. Ten years ago, it was electric vehicles when Tesla went public. You know, today it's we're in our infancy of controlled environment agriculture, and I think we'll see, you know, thousands of acres built throughout the U.S. in the decades to come. Jonathan, uh, congratulations on your success uh, being a champion in, of change and a pioneer in the CEA industry. I look forward to meeting you in person at Indoor AgCon and uh, appreciate you joining us on the Green Sense. Thank you so much for having me. That's App Harvest founder and CEO, Jonathan Webb. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is GreenSense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And listen to the GreenSense Minute, Thursdays and Saturdays on 105.9 WBBM Chicago.